really is good just to be with you this morning and uh, even just to worship together. Oh. Sometimes when you study passages like this, you, you can't but be in awe, not of man but of God and who he is, and to say, you have no rival, you have no equal. Now and forever, Lord, you reign. The heavens are declaring your glory, and we get to just get a glimpse of that this morning. So thank you, Nick. Thank you, the elders. Come on, Chris, hold it together. <clears throat> so this is the preacher's dream text. No bad news. All good news. End of each day, it is good. And, uh, and I hope that I'm able to bring something of that across. But we're in the middle of a, a Genesis um, series and even just uh, Janet's story this morning, just how hospitable, hospitable your sister is, is. It's actually a picture of God's hospitality to us. It takes great strains to provide a beautiful creation for us to be able to live in, and we get to see something of that this morning, and I hope we get to enjoy something of that this morning. And um, obviously, we're dealing with some major doctrines in Genesis 1 to 3. And, uh, and, and we're not going to be able to get everything out of them. But I really do trust that you would engage. Francois said it last week, and I encourage you again this week to get into the Word. We're going to be in Genesis 1, 2, 3 through till about September. Um, if, you, if you don't have resources, go and buy yourself a study book. Invest in the kingdom. Go and look through the Word. Go and dig deeper. I love one author says, if you scratch the surface, you get leaves. But if you dig, you find gold. And, and there's an opportunity for us here to dig and find gold and treasure that, that God has for us in store. And, and a lot of what's spoken about here gets, gets opened up in the rest of Scripture. So if we get this, I think we get a lot of God in His kingdom. And really want to encourage you, if you don't know where to start, you can send me a WhatsApp. I've got some resources. I'd love to give them to you. I'd love to give them to you, that you can go and you can study the Word of God, that you can dig deep and that God would reveal the wonder of who He is. He's taken great pains to reveal Himself to us. He's given us His Word. He's given us His Son. He's given us everything our hearts could desire. And I think the only thing stopping us is us. You know, you can have as much of God as you want to. And we want to throw the doors wide open for you as elders even to, to dig into the Word of God and find everything that you need in Him. Am I coming through okay? So, we understand that there's different theories. I understand that. There's different creation theories. Even within creationism, there's the six-day theory or the thousand-year theory. I'm not getting into all of that. I understand that there's evolution, and you may have come from school that, that that's all that you know, and by default, you're an evolutionist. I was. I was there. I mentioned that last week. I didn't know anything else um, until I actually saw the wonder of Jesus. And, and as I saw the wonder of Jesus, my mind began to transform into what he has given us. And, and I understand that. And I'm asking us maybe for this morning to put our arguments aside, just for this morning, and let us see the wonder of what God has given us in the text. I don't want to try and get into the science of it. I want to try and get into the wonder of who God is and what he's done. And by faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. So that we, what is seen is not made out of visible, uh, sorry, so what is seen was not made out of what was visible. And we understand creation by faith. Nobody was there. Even the scientists, nobody. And in a sense, this is what we as believers put our faith in, in Jesus and his word and what he's told us. And we're going to dive into that this morning. Is that okay? All good. You guys with me? So it's, I know it's cold. You can warm up by saying amen. Give me a, like a wave or something. Work with me in the texture. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. One sentence, the heavens and the earth. The Jewish way of saying absolutely everything. One sentence. And I don't know if, if, if that we can ever do justice to. And fathers, can I ask you, tonight when you go home, instead of watching Mnet or whatever movies on tonight, sit down your family. Bring your kids together. Put on Louis Giglio's Indescribable and see the wonder of what the heavens mean. You'll, you'll finish that and you will be in awe at who God is. And I'm never going to be able to do that justice here in this text or, or in the time that I've got. But I've got a couple of pictures just to try and help us. And I don't know which one of them are going to work, so let's just see. Matt, what have you got? Man, that is a terrible picture. It was so much better on my PC. There we go. We've got Mount Everest, highest mountain in the world. I think it's over eight kilometers above sea level. Beautiful, in a word, creation. That is our northern lights. Uh, it happens up in the north in the Arctic. Um, a couple, I think, I don't actually know how it happens. I just want you to see the beauty of it. Next one, Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon, just by a word, Great Barrier Reef. The fish in the sea. Goes on for miles and miles and miles. Rio de Janeiro Harbor. 
just a stunning little display of God's creative wonder on the earth. Next one. Victoria Falls, right up the road. Amazing. The biggest, uh, biggest waterfall in the world. Incredible. Just the, the smoke that thunders. Uh, just a wonder of his glory. Next one. That's our Milky Way. It wasn't the best picture that I could find, but we're somewhere in there. Somewhere in there, we are. Got anything else? Is that all? The heavens and the earth. God just, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and void, and uh, the psalmist, I think in a moment of praise, goes, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, you can imagine God, just his fingers, working into the moon and the stars, which you have set in place. What is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. It's amazing. We get one chapter of the creation of the heavens and the earth and 66 books about man. And uh, God doesn't give a lot of time to creation. In some ways, it's just like, this is what happened. This is what I've done. Be in awe. But actually, my greatest story is about man. And all of creation is this, this beautiful story of how God sets in place all these different um, aspects that we're going to look at today. And he says, actually, it's for mankind. And what we do is when we see the heavens and the stars and we see the wonder of who God is and we say, all of this for us, Lord, should, should in some ways create a sense of awe and wonder in us as we see the heavens and as we see the, the stars, there's this, there's this moment where we go, oh God, all glory unto you. The heavens declare the glory of God and the skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day to day, they pour forth speech and night to night, they're revealing knowledge about who God is and what he's done. And we get to enjoy the wonder of the glory of God each night that we look up and see the wonder of the stars. God's trying to show us something of his glory, something of the wonder of who he is, that we would be in awe of who he is and that he would love us and care for us. It's, it's beyond us. It goes beyond our understanding and beyond our comprehension, which is why sometimes when we look up, we just think, wow. And I think sometimes we don't want to look too much because we're like, wow, <laughs> that's our God. And uh, I love how the, the, the chief end of, of man is, um, is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. And there's some things that we will never discover as humans. We will never see. And God in his creative beauty and wonder has just created them for his own glory, for us to enjoy and for him to enjoy. And he calls us into this beautiful story. Isn't that amazing? So he creates the heaven and the earth, which means that we have a creator, which brings a whole lot of things with that. So if God's creator, uncreated being, which means that he knows, he sees, he's above, beyond, he's um, omnipotent, all power is his, he knows everything, he sees everything in all of creation, and he's all present. We see that from this text, and I'll unpack that as we go. God is the center of the story. I love that God is the center of the story, not man. Man's fall is that we feel that we're the center of the story, and the whole therapy world and new age movement says actually to find fulfillment in life you need to look within yourself and this goes directly in the face of that not self-fulfillment not self-esteem not self um, um, entitlement nothing like that actually God is the center of the story and we find our ultimate purpose not in us being the center but in God being the center of the story you want your purpose in life look at God don't try and find it within yourself. And anyone that, that's trying to give you self-help, actually, that's a complete load of nonsense. I, I get so irritated with the, the self-help world because actually we know that the, the, this doesn't work. There's nothing within me. I've tried. I've done it. I've put the things in place. And yet I go back to the same way. But when God is the center of the story, everything finds its place. And I love that the story begins with God uncreated. It's his story, history. It's about him. We find ourselves in him, our purpose, our meaning. If you want to know what you were created for, it's to enjoy God. That's what you were created for. I've answered one of life's biggest questions for you this morning. Go home and revel in that. Go home and enjoy that. Your purpose is God. Unto him, for him, all things created through him and for him. You are created for God. And, and until you find that, you won't find your sense of meaning and purpose. But when we do, we find our identity, we find ourselves, we find our, our place, we find our order. Us as creatures, you know, I think the world makes such an effort as, at finding other theories because the creation theories means that we would be accountable to the creator. And we, in our own self-centeredness, will do everything that we can to make sure that we're the center and not God. It's the, it's the, it's the, the center of our fallenness. Evolution or different theories become appealing 
because I'm not accountable to anyone for my actions. It's where the world is now. Can you imagine the world in its current state having to be accountable to its creator? Just think of the, the mess of, of the war in Russia and Ukraine. Having to be accountable to a creator God, we'd all fall short of the glory. But yet, God chooses to show us things about himself through creation. And uh, we see in Romans 1 verse 8, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the, suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them, to everyone, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and foolish, and their, and their hearts were darkened. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and worshipped him, and served, oh, sorry, and worshipped and served created things, rather than the creator. He was forever praised. So we can see that Creation is telling us something about God. And the world suppresses that truth because of our own brokenness. Because we, in a sense, want to be God. But, but God is saying something else here. He's saying, actually, what I've done and who I am is clear through the invisible qualities of creation. Which means that creation, in some sense, is showing a general picture of who God is. It's showing a general revelation of God. And we see that when you look at a beautiful sunset and you see the wonder of that sunset and you think, man, there must be more than this. That's God showing something of himself, something of his beauty, something of his grace with the warmth shining on your face. And you, like I was just sitting yesterday in the beautiful winter's day, the sun was shining. I just thought, man, this is, this is exquisite. Just the sun shining on me, the, 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 my plants were looking greener. Maybe it was just because I was looking at this text. <laughs> but it was amazing. And God's trying to show us something about himself. So what I thought we could do is we could look through Genesis 1 verse 3 to 24, and we could see what God's trying to tell us. And uh, the, the Hebrew language has no punctuation. So what they do is they repeat things to give some emphasis on what's trying to be said. So we're going to look at this text, and I want you to just try and think and listen for the things that are being repeated. Is that okay? So, day one, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. Now let's look at repetition again. And God said, let there be a vault between the waters that separate water from water. So God made the vault and separated the water until the vault from the, sorry, from the vault from below and above the water. Um, and it was so. God called the vault sky, and there was evening, and there was morning, the second day. God said, let the water under the sky be gathered into one place, and let the dry ground appear. And it was so. And God called the dry ground land and, the, and gathered the waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants, trees, and land, on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed, according to their kinds. And the trees bearing fruit with seed in it, according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good, evening and morning, the third day. God said, let the lights in the vault, let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate day and night. And let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years. And let them, the lights be in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made two lights, the greater light and the lesser light to govern the day and the night. And then God said, let this separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. I hope you're getting the, the flow here. And God said, let the water teem with living creatures. Let the birds fly above and the earth across the, the vault of the sky. So God created the creatures of the sea and every living thing with which water, and, the, and with which the water teems and moves about it according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. I love all the goodness. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the water and the seas and let the birds increase on the earth. It was morning and evening the fifth day. And God said, 
Let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, the livestock, the creatures that move on the ground, and the wild animals according to their kind, or its kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds, and God saw it was good. What did you find as the repetition? Give me one. God said, next, it was good, yeah? And it was so, very good, yeah? Anything else? According to its kinds. Anything else? There are a few more. So my preacher's done. You guys have just done it. So God forms and fills. We see the first three days, God's forming the space. He's making the expanse. He's um, creating the skies, the, 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 in a sense, the, 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 the space that things will be filled. So day one, two, three. And then day four to six, he fills them. Just as an overview of the six days. And then God said, and it was so. Ten references to God said. Amazing. Ten times God speaks, God commands, and life comes. Ten commandments God gives, and order comes. Just some of the guys I've picked up on before. God speaks, life comes. God speaks, order comes. So the way that he ordered was through the ten commandments, and, uh, and, uh, and there's power in his word. There's power in his word. I think I just want to state the obvious. When God speaks, something happens. Every word of God. When God speaks, something happens. How many of them do we have? God said, this phrase which occurs so repeatedly in, in the account means he willed, he decreed, he appointed, and the determining will of God was followed in every instant by the immediate result. When God speaks, things happen. And God has been speaking since the beginning of time. And God speaks to us now. And God has spoken about what will come to be. And because God speaks and things happen, we can have full assurance as the people of God that what God has said that will come to pass, will come to pass. That gives me such comfort as a believer. I know that you can do all things, Job 42 verse 2. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. When God speaks, it will come to pass. Every promise of God. Every word of God can be trusted. You can trust the word of God. You can trust when God says that in, in, in Revelations 21 where he says there will be no more tears, no more crying, there'll be a new heavens and a new earth. The old earth will be wiped away and the new earth will be brought in. We can trust that because it was so. God's word and his creation speaking word is, is his absolute lordship over all of creation. So when he speaks, we can have full assurance that what he says will come to pass. Because it has happened, it is happening even as we speak, and it will happen. He never changes. We can place our full assurance in the word of God. All people are like grass. And their glory and their flowers of the field and the grass withers and the flower falls. But the word of the Lord endures forever. I love, I love looking for Jesus in these texts. And Francois spoke about Jesus coming from the, the plural Elohim, God. But here we see in the, in the past, God spoke to us through our ancestors and by the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things. And as a, almost like a throwaway sentence, and through whom also he made the universe. I mean, just like that. Through whom? Jesus. He made the universe. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. We see here Jesus in the beginning, right there, all things being created through him. And it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And he was with God in the beginning, speaking about Jesus. Through him, all things were made and without him, nothing was made that has been made. Colossians 1, all things created through him and for him. Jesus present in the beginning. And I love that Jesus is the seal in the sense of God's word to us by coming and fulfilling the, the major prophecies throughout scripture in a moment. And now he speaks to us by his son and one day his son will return. And, and in a sense, Jesus is the very fulfillment of every promise of God. All his promises are yes and amen in Christ. And we, the church, can have full assurance that in Jesus, every word of God will be fulfilled. Every promise is yes and amen. And we find everything that we need in him. You were created for him. You were created through him. The light that lives in you is him. 
It's all about him, everything. 22, 27 books in the New Testament, 22 of them, Jesus in the first sentence. Jesus, he speaks, I love even when he's on the road to Emmaus, he starts at the beginning about all the, what the prophets had said and then all that the, the, the psalmists and the wisdom books have said concerning him. Everything is about Christ. I love how all of creation is about him. And I want to see Jesus in the very center of creation because creation makes sense in Christ. And I'll show you how we get there as we move through the text. God separated, light from darkness, water from water, day from night. Light is often associated with Jesus in the scriptures. Light's also associated with the word of God, God's people, God's blessing. Darkness is associated with Satan, sin, death, spiritual ignorance, and divine judgment. And we see God telling us something about himself here. That right, right from the beginning, he's a God who separates light from darkness, which to me, it shows actually that, that sin was no mistake. God knew what was coming. And he was showing us something of himself right from the beginning, that one day there'll be a separation. Righteous, evil, good, bad, kingdom of light, kingdom of darkness. There will be a great separation. Sheep and goats, our God who separates and brings into order and brings into being. From the very first day of creation, God established the principle of separation. Not only did he separate light from darkness and day from night, but he later separated waters from above and waters from beneath and land from waters. Through Moses, God commanded the people of Israel to remain separated from the nations around them. And when they violated this commandment, they suffered. God's people today, us, need to be careful how we walk. Psalm 1 speaks about it. And not defiled by the world. One day God will bring the ultimate separation and he's showing us something of himself right from the very beginning. Next one, according to its kind, nine times, says according to its kind. Like reproduces like. We reproduce after our kind, both biologically, and I would say even more so than just biologically. It's amazing how you can see family traits come through a single family. It's amazing how you can see sin multiplying itself through a family in the same way righteousness multiplying itself through a family. It's amazing. You, you can't stop, the, 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 in a sense, the, the natural order of what God's done. All creation reproduces after its kind. It's almost like God was saying, I know evolution's coming, and this is my boundary lines of where you shall reproduce, <laughs> only after your kind. God knew the argument way before it got there. Plant life and animal life. It's amazing. God's ability, he gives us an ability to procreate. He gives us an ability to multiply. He gives us ability to, to reproduce, in a sense, to share something of who he is. It's amazing. But even in that, there's boundary lines which he's put in place of how you can reproduce and what you can reproduce. And it's almost like, like God knows that our, our boundary lines have fallen in pleasant places. And so often we, we fight God on our boundary lines. But when, we, but when we embrace God and who he is, our boundary lines have fallen in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. Embrace the boundary lines that God's given you. Embrace the boundary lines of where he's placed you and what he's done and what he's um, given you of himself. Beautiful part of the blessing is, is he sets his boundaries. Fruitfulness and multiplication. I love that. It's one of my favorite things as I, as I, as I walk with God. But I'll get to that further down. And God saw it was good. I think we so often overlook that saw. God saw, God sees, God sees you, he sees his creation, he, he, he knows, he's present, he's there. I think of Hagar, the God who sees me, he sees you in your trouble, he sees you in your difficulty, he knows you are his, he's aware. I, I love that, you can open up that God saw and he declared it good, it was good and I love that creation is good. God in his essence is good. And, and we'll get to evil later on um, in, in chapter three. But we can know from the beginning that evil did not come from God. God said it was good six times. And in the seventh time, it was very good. <laughs> very good, which is man. Excuse me. All creation is good. A sense of moral excellence and quality. I love that. God's moral excellence and quality. I, when I thought of that, I just thought, I hope we as business people have a sense of moral excellence and quality, the highest quality. 
as Christians, I hope that we portray the highest quality in everything that we do, our workspace, because in some ways we get to replicate the wonder of who God is in his creation. God is incredibly creative, incredibly caring, incredibly hospitable by giving us such a gift as creation. I, I thought about, and, and we'll pick, on this, pick up on this later, even in the Garden of Eden, but God takes great strains to bring a beautiful place into order for his people to come and inhabit, which is one of the deep values of Redpoint. While we create such a fuss about creating a beautiful space for people in our homes and for people in our household when we're hosting people, because God does. Sometimes, I only caught that here. I never had that before. At Redpoint, it's a value that I feel like it's been given, but it's a, a biblical value. We take great strange in making people feel welcome and at home and loved and cared for and thought about because God did for us. And we get the wonder and the joy of being able to do that for others. What is our response to the wonder and the beauty of God's creation? I would say thankfulness. We can thank God for the wonder of creation. Go and take a walk on the promenade, maybe not at Durban at the moment with the constant poo smell, but maybe go down to like Mflanga or something. Let's take a walk along the promenade there. Oh no. Maybe go up the coast to Mozambique and just uh, walk along the white sands and uh, let's just, God's working on Durban, you know, like uh, (laughs) restoring all of creation. But but just go and walk somewhere in beautiful nature. (laughs) Just go and walk there and be thankful. Just thank God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this wonderful tree. Thank you for this beautiful water which I get to drink. Thank you for the wonder of the air that I get to breathe. Thank you, Lord. There there is so much that we can be thankful to God about. You can delight in creation. I think a part of the Sabbath is us delighting in God's created wonder. God says on on, on the the Sabbath day, actually, uh, this is good, and he enjoys it, and we get to enjoy it. And I hope something of your Sabbath is that you enjoy the wonder of God's creation. Delight in it. I love that word delight. It's like a little kid taking, like, like he's like squealing with joy about this, this, this thing that he's found. You know, like with Sam, like yesterday he saw a piece of wood and he like holds it like this with his eyes. And, but like he's got delight in this little piece of wood. And I think sometimes we've lost something of that by the, the daily struggle of life. But God says, actually, creation is good. Enjoy it. It's for you. you I think there's a sense of responsibility and I just thought of Jesse and, and his constant work, week in, week, or month in, month out, just trying to get this bottom right. Because actually, there's a sense of responsibility on us because he's called us to rule and, and have dominion over and to, and to be responsible for the creation that he's given us. Not wasteful living, which we can speak about a little bit later. But actually, do we take responsibility for our own spaces? Do we take responsibility for what God's given us in creation? You can trust him. I love this. You know, Matthew 6 says, Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in the barns, yet our heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See the flowers of the field, how they grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the fields, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? Sorry, clothe you. You have little faith. Creation teaches us something of the care of God. And I think particularly now with everything being so volatile in world economies and even in our own finances and our own world, it's very easy for us to start losing our bearing. But creation tells us something of God's care over us. And Jesus tells us and uses creation as an example that we do not need to worry. Look at the wonder of it. Will he not much more clothe you? How much more will he clothe you who is of so much more value than the creation that he's given us? You can trust him. Even if you're going through difficulty right now, it feels like there's chaos and and everything's going wild. You can trust him. And God blesses the animals. First time we see this word bless, I love it. We'll, we'll pick it up next two weeks' time, I think. God blesses the fish in the sea and the birds in the air. Be fruitful, multiply, increase in number. Fill the earth and the seas. God's blessing brings increase and multiplication. I love this about believers, is that we, we are not consumers. We are producers. 
we as believers actually have enough in us to be able to multiply out. We don't need to consume. The only thing we consume is our Father. But we multiply out life, and we multiply out life groups, and we multiply out um, Jesus. We have everything that that our cup overflows as believers. I think sometimes we live in such a a poverty mindset, but God's speaking about actually the blessing of God over us is his abundance and his ability to reproduce way beyond what we could ever think, dream, hope, or desire because of his blessing upon us. We are not consumers. We are producers. We go far beyond the the status quo of society. Society is everything about what we can, but but believers are about what can we give, what can we do. Like Nick always says, I love it, life comes to us, through us, on the way to somebody else. It's always going and multiplying and increasing. And when you sit under the blessing of God, when you receive the blessing of God, there should be a multiplication from your life. There should be an increase. There should be a greater capacity. There should be a bigger story always. God's calling us into a bigger story. I love how God calls Abraham. Look at the stars. This is the story that I'm calling you into. Be careful of getting stuck on our poverty, small-minded, um, uh, almost like, like poor God. Our God is, is an abundant God. We can see that in creation. And when you feel like you're, you're getting involved in a small role, oh, ask him, God, would you throw open wide the, the gates of, of who you are and what you're doing? And there was morning and evening. The one, two, three, four, five, sixth day. God's rhythm. I love God's rhythm. God's rhythm, day and night. I love, I love rhythm with God. How's your rhythm with God? I love how Adam and Eve walked with God in the cool of the day. I don't know whether it was morning or evening. There's different thoughts about it. But do you walk with God in the morning? Do you walk with him in the evening? Have you got a rhythm with your father that you enjoy? I love God wants you to enjoy him. I think sometimes we, we miss that. Like, like God wants you to enjoy him. Do you enjoy your God? Do you enjoy the rhythm of walking with him? Do you enjoy the, the daily, Father, I'm with you. I, I receive your blessing. I receive your love. I receive your kindness. God's rhythm of family. How's your family rhythm? God's rhythm of work and rest. There's a, there's a distinct rhythm that God has in which he, he, he calls us to. There's a set time for work and a set time for rest and a set time to be with people. We're not, we're not just for function. We're actually, we're for connection. We need to connect with our families and connect with God and connect with one another. We're created for that. We're not just created for function. If you find yourself working constantly, I would say ask God to help you bring order into your life. Ask God to help you bring his rhythm into your walk. His rhythm. Submit to his rhythm of work and rest. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. This is the message version. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy on you or ill-fitting. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Isn't that amazing? When you walk with Jesus, your burden is light and you get to enjoy him and you get to enjoy life and you get to enjoy creation. Love God's order. God is not a God, is not a God of disorder. I, I, I love this about him. He's not a God of disorder. 1 Corinthians 14, 33. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. As in the congregation of the Lord's people. Speaking about the church, But God is not a God of disorder. He won't bless chaos. He won't bless chaos. He won't bless your life, which is completely out of order, until you come and you submit it to him. And you ask him, God, would you you show me your order? Would you show me your order in marriage, husband and wife? Would you show me your order in family, children and kids? Would you show me your your order, God first and everything unto him? Would you you show me your order and your your rhythm in life? Because because where there's the increase of, of his order, of his government, there's peace. And I think sometimes we expect God to bless our mess when we when we choose not to submit to him and his way. And he won't do that. He's a God of order. 
He's a God of peace. And, and submit to him. Come to him. Come to Jesus and watch him bring order to your life. But don't ask God to bless your chaos and your mess. He won't do that. And don't expect that. And when you find yourself continually running into the same circles, it's probably because you're, you're actually living outside of the order of God. I love God's order. I love that, that in order, and this doesn't mean that God is an A-type personality. God is creative, beautifully creative. You see the wonder. Have you seen an ecosystem? Just look at an ecosystem diagram and see the wonder of God's creativity and how interlinked absolutely everything is. There's, there's nobody more creative than God. The creativity and order are not at odds. They, they work symbiotically. They work together for God to, to do what he needs to in his world. Creativity, beauty, order, God's way. God's way is always the best way. As our creator, submit to it and you'll find life. Those are the things that I find in terms of repetition. What does that mean for us? I've been thinking about this, and uh, Paul speaks about the pattern of Scripture. Hold on to the pattern of Scripture, which means that, that God gives us a pattern right at the beginning for us to, to see throughout Scripture. And one of the ways that I thought that, that the pattern of creation can be seen is through salvation. The same pattern that God has in creation we see in the story of salvation. What do I mean by that? For God said, for God who said, let light shine out of the darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face, in the face of God. Face, in the face of God. The story begins with God. Always has, always will. Formless and void. Often a space that we find ourselves, well not often, it is the space that we find ourselves before we come to God. Formless, void, empty. You see people often having a discussion. I feel like there's, there's more. I remember I, myself battling with, with this. There must be more to life than this. There must be more. And it's because there is. All of us, in a sense, are created with this emptiness and this void, which is for, for God alone. And something of the fall makes that space. Because God, it says that something dies in us. And there's a, there's a space in every single person that will not be filled until it's filled by God himself emptiness and void. We all have experienced it. We all know it. And every person in this world, whether they choose to admit it or not, has it, which for us is empowering because people are trying to fill it with sex and trying to fill it with power and trying to fill it with football and trying to fill it with all these different things because there's an emptiness and a voidness inside of us. But there's God hovering by his spirit like a chicken, like a, like a hen, like a mother hen brooding over, over its chicks. Beautiful picture. There's the Spirit of God. And then one day we hear the Word of God. God speaks. Let there be light. And what happens? Our eyes are open. Light comes into us. We see the wonder of Jesus because the Holy Spirit, the creative agent, comes and He, and he works into us and He shows us Jesus. Amazing. Amazing. Darkness void becomes light. Separated light and darkness. Jesus comes in, no longer space for sin and evil in our lives. Separation in, in even us. We, we know that sin is wrong, where before it was just normal. Beautiful picture of creation. Beautiful picture of God's story. We see order beginning to come. I remember this for me, clearly. My life was chaotic. I remember being sat down and say, your, your life is a mess. This is not the way of God. You need to bring it into the order of God. And I sat there and I was like, okay. I'd met Jesus and I was like, well, well, how? <laughs> by his grace, by his grace, the order of God comes and by the spirit of God and he begins working in us and, and the old man is put off and the, the new way of God is, is put on and my mind gets transformed and, and I begin to see God and his kingdom and his ways and there's, there's a sense of order and peace that comes to our life. I can remember clearly saying, I never want to get married and I never want to have children. Clearly, I remember it. Because, I, because marriage, the picture of marriage that I'd had was a mess. And I think the picture that the world portrays of marriage is a mess. And, and children, I thought, why would I want to bring a child into that mess? That's unjust. But then I saw marriage for what it is here. I saw France on England and Nick and Cuts and John and Bob's and the countless Guns and Anne's and the countless marriages that, that Sarah was talking about and the fathers. And I thought, there's nothing more beautiful. 
There's nothing more beautiful because it's actually, it's a, it's a parable. It's a picture of Jesus and his church and, and the order of God. And there's, there's something exquisite about marriage. And I was like, God, and God gave me a wife and now a child. And I'm like, the, the blessing of God, I'd, I'd never seen the blessing of God. But the blessing of God comes. And the, and the order of God comes and the, the fruitfulness of God comes. And, and I remember us being in a life group and then God saying, okay, now go, and, now go and plant a life group. And we planted a life group. And then from that life group, life groups came and, and we were able to live under the blessing of God because, because in a sense, we, God, we are yours. We are yours. It's, all we want is you. And, and through that, God can do incredible things. And we are not the hero. God is the hero. God is the one who's blessing and God is the one who's multiplying and God is the one who's, who's, who's being fruitful in a sense through us. But, but actually there's an opportunity for you and for me to live under the blessing of God, to come into the God's story, to enter into this creation story which God will continue until the day he comes back and into all of eternity. Darkness separated from light. We become a part of the kingdom of light. Mm, it's beautiful. We realize we're not the center of the story, which at first is painful, but, but, but when you realize it's, it's all comforting, that you are not the center of your story. You, you have become a part of a story which God has been writing from, from the day one, from actually from all of eternity. You get to fit into his story, and he, and he uniquely molds you and shapes you and forms you and brings you into this creation story and into this God story for you to play your role and your, your defined purpose in this generation for the kingdom of God to, to continue throughout every generation. Isn't that amazing? I find that the, the weakness of evolution and that's, I think, for what, what won me. Before I formed you, I knew you. I set you apart. I set you apart for a purpose so that you would fulfill a part of what I'm doing in this world. For me, that is, it's awe-inspiring. Light comes into our heart through the Holy Spirit. He brings order. Jesus says, I've come that you may have life and life to the full. That's my preach. Can we stand up together? I, I, I don't think creation and the creation story is, is just for an ethereal picture of what God did thousands of years ago and for us to just be like, wow, that's cool. I think it's for us to enter into. It's for us to become a part of for you and I to, to submit to. You, you know, it's by faith that we understand that, that the heavens and the earth were created. And there's so much that we can respond to. I think God requires a response from us when we hear about this creation story. He, res- he requires a response from us. And, and, and I think the response is beautiful. The response is, is, is actually, and it may be vastly different. I don't know where you are today. You may find that your, your life is chaotic you may find that your life is disordered. You may feel that today, actually, I'm that person that has that emptiness inside of me. I, I, I know that void that you spoke about, Chris. I feel it. And I, I know that too. I, I remember, I felt it as well. I know that chaos that you speak about. I, I feel like my life is chaotic. I feel like it's disordered. I feel like I've, I've got myself into an absolute mess. I feel like I'm, I'm actually in darkness. I feel like I'm confused. I feel like I don't know what's going on. I feel like nothing makes sense. I'm trying to hold on to the the, the, the last strands of life and and I don't know what to do. And the the beauty of this creation story is that there's hope. The beauty of this creation story is that there's, there's life and that there's an answer and his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus and he wants you and he invites you into the story. And even this morning, while I've been preaching, you may have felt actually, this is calling me. I feel like he's calling me. I, I feel like this word is for me this morning. And, uh, and I want to just ask you, maybe every eye closed, and, and I'd hate to go through a preach like this and not give somebody an, an opportunity to enter into this story. You're not, you're not doing this for me. This is for you and you with God. And, and this morning, if you feel actually that you need to give your life to Jesus for the first time, you feel like Jesus is calling you that even as, as I've been speaking, you feel like, actually, that's me. I just ask you just to raise your hand. Just to raise your hand where you are. 
Actually, this story is for me and I, I want to enter into it. I see your hand at the back. Actually, today, you want the light of God. You want Jesus to enter into your heart, to begin to work in you, to bring you into his kingdom. I'm just asking you, raise your hand. You're not doing it for anyone else. Just raise it high so I can see. Just raise it up. See your hand. See your hand. I'm just going to give it a, another minute because I thought there would be a wrestle this morning and a word come that actually, that, that God wants to unlock people's hearts where you feel like you've been fighting God. You feel like you've been at war with Him. But actually this morning, God wants to unlock your heart. If you feel like you, you're wrestling with God about salvation this morning, actually I, I wouldn't say now is the time. Today is the day. Today is the day of salvation. Don't wait. Don't wait. Enter into the story. Just keep your hand raised. If you've put your hand up this morning, just keep your hand raised. I just want to see it. At the back, I see here. I see another, another hand. Can I, I'm going to ask you guys just to come forward. Just come stand at the front here and look at me. Don't worry about everybody else. Just come stand here on the right and, and look at me. If you've raised your hand this morning, one guy at the back over there. Come stand here at the front and just look at me. There's another hand over here. I saw another hand. There were three. Don't worry about anybody else. Just come forward. If you raised your hand this morning, you don't have to be scared. Nobody's gonna, it's not gonna be weird. There were two more hands. Just come forward. Just come forward. Don't worry about anybody else. I, I don't wanna, I don't wanna force you to do something, but actually I believe in something of the laying on of hands, and we as the eldership believe in it as the laying on of hands. Just come forward. The guy at the back there, if you're nervous, just come. I saw your hand. Come forward. Just come forward. If you're nervous, bring a friend with you. It's fine. You can bring a friend. It's okay. Other hand over here. Just come forward over here. Don't, don't worry about anybody else. You don't think this for anybody else. This is for you. Just come forward. There's one more hand. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait for you so we can make this as as long as we want to but there was one more hand if you raised your hand this morning just just come forward come forward don't worry about anybody else I'm okay to wait for this this is actually speaks about how the heavens rejoice about one one person that turns to Jesus just come forward if you even if you want to if you didn't raise your hand and you feel like actually today I want to I want to give my life to Jesus I want to know that it's, it's sealed just you can the, the, the invitation's open to you can, can, can some elders just come or some leaders just come and pray with these guys and just, just walk them into actually what, what God's doing. And I, I felt that to, this morning was more than, than just for, for first-time believers. I felt it also for the church. Maybe just while the guys, guys pray here, if you, if you feel like your, your, your life as a believer is disordered and chaotic, and actually you need God to come and bring order in your life. It might be order in your finances. It might be order in your, your marriage. It might be order in your parenting. It might be order in your business. It might be order in every, any area of life. I just want to invite you to come and worship at the front here this morning. Just come forward. You don't have to worry about anybody else. If you want the order of God, just come forward. Just come forward. As a believer, don't worry about anybody else. Just come forward. I think actually it's good that we respond, that we step into God's word, that we step into his ways, that we step into his story. Just come all over here. Don't worry about anybody. Just step forward and worship God with, with all of your heart. I, I'm, I'm here. I feel like I need God's order in my life. I feel like I want his order in my, in my finances and in my marriage and in my, my parenting. I feel like I need God's help with this. You know, sometimes we've tried to put things in place, but, but it's amazing how God can touch us by His Spirit. He can touch us by His Spirit. He can speak into the situation and He can bring order by His Word. You feel like you need order in your, in your family where it's just, it's just a mess. The kids are wild and you're trying. I would invite you, come forward. Just, just come forward. I want to pray with you this morning and, and ask God that He would bring, bring a sense of His order. There's more of you. You, can, you. you don't have to worry about anybody else. But... But just, just respond to God in your heart. Just, just respond to Him saying, Lord, I'm, I'm moving forward. Would you act on my behalf? That's what we're saying. God, would you, would you act on my behalf? Because actually, I'm at the end of myself. I'm at the end of myself. So Father, we do this morning. We ask for these, these, these three men that have come forward or 
these guys who have responded to you for salvation, would you, by your spirit, put your hand on them? Church, I ask you just to pray with me. Would you put your hand on them? Would you, would you, would you make them a new creation? Would you, would you speak your life? Would you show Jesus? Would you pour your spirit out upon them, Lord? I, I pray from today that they would experience you, Jesus. They would experience the, the wonder of your, your life and your joy and your peace and your, your, your beauty, God. Would they, would they go home today and would they, would they embrace you and, and feel the joy of your hand over their lives, Lord, I, I ask you. Would, you. would you save them? Would you seal them with your spirit? Would you, would you bring them out of the kingdom of darkness and, and into the kingdom of life? And we, we pray, Lord, that their story would be transformed and changed. In Jesus' name, Lord, we ask you that you would, that you would do what only you can in them. Thank you for their lives, Lord. Even as they, they repent from their ways and they turn to you, would they, would they find the fullness of life? I ask you in Jesus' name. Now I ask you for us, the church, your, your children, Lord. Oh Lord, we need you. Can you just raise your hands. Just, just raise your hands. Even as a sign of surrender, Lord, we need you. We need your creation story in our lives, Lord. We need your order in our lives, God. Would you, would you come in and speak? Father, I ask that, that even this week, as, 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 as all these guys have responded, and us as the church, I ask you that we would hear your voice. I ask that you would, you would hear your voice and that you, would, that you would speak into the specifics of our world, Lord, and that you would bring order where there's chaos, Lord. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would, that you would brood and rest and fill and transform and, and, and do what only you can. Would you, would you create spaces? It says that you bring us into a, a spacious place. I pray for spacious places for guys who feel like they're, they're being bombarded by the world. Would you, would you bring a spacious place, Father? Would you fill it with your presence, Lord, I ask you. And would you bring order, bring your, your godly order? Would you bring beauty? Would you bring, would you bring your creative beauty and a sense of awe and wonder at who you are, Lord? I pray that you would touch each person, Lord. Just a touch from your hand can dramatically alter our lives, Lord. I pray for those who are, are wrestling with you. Would you, in, in a sense, break our hip, Lord, that we submit? we submit to your ways, Lord, that we submit to your, your word, that we submit to your spirit, that we submit to your lordship, your kingship, Lord. Pray for beautiful submission to you, husbands, to wives, children, to parents. God, would you, would you bring your order in our lives, we pray. Thank you for this morning, Lord. Would you continue to, to, to show us your, your beauty and your wonder and then even as we worship now, just continue to, 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 to lift up your voice and your hearts to God.